Did Manafort really get off easy? Maybe, maybe not. But there definitely is a double standard. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Saturdays from 3 to 6, and uh, I'll also be on tomorrow, Sunday, from 12 to 2. So I... Um, I want to dig in to this story of the week. I have lots of stories that I want to get into. And uh, tomorrow we're going to hit a lot of them also. But I had a personal experience that I cannot uh, stop thinking about. So first of all, let me say hi to Binkley, my trusty producer. Hey, Binkley, how are you doing? Fantastic. How are you? That is great to hear. I'm euphoric. I had... I had an experience yesterday that I've had before, but it just, it lasts for days. It's like going to Disneyland. My son, who has Down syndrome, he's a teenager, he belongs to this organization. Um, He goes to like a club. It's Capernaum Young Life. It's maybe even be international. I don't know, but it's a great organization. And it's for special needs kids. I think it's like 15 to 22. And every year... They have a talent show. Anybody in the club who wants to go up and perform for two minutes gets to perform, and they have it on a stage and all that. And the so it's a Christian organization. At the end of every meeting, they have like five minutes where they kind of try to impart to these kids a fundamental principle. It's very basic. There's a lot of scripture reading because I don't think the kids could follow it. Uh, but for me, like it took me this experience to realize that just that they that more of the message, I think that is Christ's fundamental message to love each other is conveyed by this talent show because I go to my other kids like plays and all this kind of stuff and they you're hoping they do well and everybody's waiting and somebody comes out with this great song can really belt it. And uh, you're just moved, and wow, they're great. This is not like that. Some of these kids, they can't speak. They they can just kind of sway to the music, and that's a struggle. It's a struggle for them to to be still. So the kids are of various abilities and disabilities, and the atmosphere. These first of all, they're the kids are always smiling. They're always open to it. They get up there without fear. They absolutely know that the audience loves them. I asked my son, like, if it was everything I'd hoped for. And he said, yes. And I asked him why. And he said, because I just am so happy to look out at my family and my friends and community and see them loving me. And it was really true. And there's always a favorite. My favorite last night was a a young man in that age group went up. He happens to be blind, but he has other challenges. That's not enough to make it in this crowd. You can't just be blind. But he got up there and he imagined John Lennon's song was playing and he was sitting at the keys and he wasn't playing any keys. He was just sitting there and we're, it's a very patient audience, I can tell you. So he's just sitting there. But after about a minute, his mother came and put his hands on the keyboard and he started to play. Not like a savant or virtuoso. I mean, he could play a few notes that went... But the crowd went wild. Like, they just loved that he could just get that done. They were shouting his name, and, like, he was beaming. And I just can't, there's, I just can't take it. I just get, like, choked up all day. I've been 
choked up by it. And it reminded me of this, uh, the, the best piece of radio advice I ever got by Christina Gonzalez. She was a Bortz. Anyone who was a fan of Bortz remembers her from being a producer on his show. She told me, talking about callers, but I found it applies like in every walk of life. She told me, you get what you give. So I think people think you give what you get. You, it's up to you. You start it and you get what you give. And I just, I feel like with these these kids, they're actually, they're giving us like this absence of ego, this genuine charity, this real love. It really makes me feel like there's hope for humanity, that like mankind is noble and not like intellectual or abstract thinking. It's that these kids that was the biggest lesson I learned from having a child with Down syndrome because I'm kind of intellectual, just do nothing but talk. I had no expectations he was going to be able to do that. And I had to struggle with the concept of like what made him a human being in the image and likeness of God, let's say. And, and now I realize these kids are more of that. They have more of the, um, that godlike quality in their purity because they have no ego, no super ego. It's a real lesson in charity. And my, and it was totally juxtaposed with a, a, a really distasteful experience I had earlier. I was coming home from a very short trip. So I was on a very short flight and I had my Wall Street Journal in one hand and a book I'll tell you about uh, in the other. And the, and the waiter, the stewardess said was basic. She might even have been rubbing her hands together. She said, oh, look in the paper. How much time did Manafort get? And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, thinking, what are you talking about? Who cares? So I looked and sure enough, it was in the paper, 47 months. And I thought she must think that like this busted Trump on Russian collusion or I don't know. So, so I looked, I said, but it's just for like taxes and bank fraud. And she looked at me like uh, I was crazy. And it was very clear that she thought he, you know, it was really a proxy for uh, for for him being convicted of Russian collusion cases. You know, like he just she just she was like, yeah, yeah, whatever you think what you want to think. But we all know this is about Russian collusion. <laughs> and and what but her. The words she said were, oh, he got off easy, which like I heard echoed throughout the media, like when I plugged into the story later in the day. And um, I thought. I just it was first of all, her her talking points were ready. It's like when you watch a debate, presidential debate where you think one guy won. And then you go to the commentators and they're all ready with this long list of why the other guy won. You, you know, and you're just like, what are you talking about? And then you taught me, Binkley, they were already prepared with all of that. It had nothing to do with what the, what was said or what the performance was. But I just, I thought, I actually thought, and I've thought this before, that with all like trying to figure out what's really going on in the world and all that, maybe it's, you know, I'm so cynical. I get so hopeless about the bigger picture. And again, you have uh, pointed out to me that really... That empowers, that empowers the kind of um, not that the powers that be by by relinquishing the power of 
just trying to get what you give or give what you get. And I, I, I don't know if I, you think I'm crazy? You think I have any, and is it, is it too? No, I think um, you're showing two sides of humanity here <laughs> is what it sounds like to me. One, one side that is uh, sucked into the propaganda and eager to see bad things happen to people they don't really know anything about. Yeah, see, I think that is the thing that I just don't. Uh, it's hard for me to reconcile someone feeling self-righteous in hoping for somebody else's pain. Now, she was probably thinking that justice was going to be served. Mm-hmm. That's what she was probably thinking. So I gave that some thought, and I looked at Kamala Harris and Cory Booker were in lockstep as usual, saying. There's there's a double standard. And I and I thought at first that they were talking about a double standard of like Republicans get off easy. And immediately in my mind, like I thought of so many contra examples to that, like from Dinesh D'Souza. Dinesh D'Souza got went to jail for uh, I, I don't even know how legitimate it was. You know about that campaign finance violations, right? Yes. But even Alan Dershowitz, who you wouldn't expect to be on his side, said that what he did is like commonplace. It's not prosecuted. It wouldn't, wouldn't be a felony. He wouldn't go to jail for it. It could have been a misunderstanding. And the guy who put him in, who went after him, Preet Bharara, that was the U.S. attorney in New York who Trump supposedly fired. I think that's probably correct. He'd already kind of outlived what a normal lifespan of that job anyway. But I found that because my contra example immediately always comes to mind is John Corzine, who was the CEO of Goldman Sachs. He was the governor of New Jersey. He was a senator from New Jersey. Then he started a hedge fund where he bet big on failing European bonds. And then when he had to, I think you can place the bet without actually coming up with all the money. But if the value of the of the underlying asset goes down you have to shore up that that bet you have to put more money it's like a capital call or margin call or whatever you have to come up with some money and he took customer money who had their own bank accounts invested in their own stuff or in his fund but not this proprietary trading trading on behalf of the fund he took customer money and also and put it in there to shore up his uh bets and it's totally illegal People around him were saying that he absolutely knew about it. Uh, the, I could, I found many quotes that said he should be in jail, and he wasn't even indicted. And it was Preet Bharara and uh, some other attorneys who decided not to indict this guy, John Corzine, big Democrat. And these are the kind of double standards that I see all over the place. But but a bit, but a deeper one, I think actually is I, I know they just exploited for political purposes but the harris booker thing about um they're like the poor people but i think just regular people or people who are out of favor cannot count on consistent application of the law and i've i have some deep concerns about it and i want to talk about that but i also want to open it up to the listeners if you think there is a double standard either between republicans and democrats or, and I'm not talking about the media, I'm talking about the actual, like, prosecution, stuff that can get you in jail. Do you think there's a double standard on who gets pursued, how harsh the sentences are, in the political arena between Republicans and Democrats, but also outside the political arena, between the rich and the poor, between the regular guy and the government-connected, or the regular guy and the privileged? So I am curious to know uh, what 
people think about that. 404-872-0750 or 800-WSB-TALK. Or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. You maniac! You blew it up! On News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB, and I am going to take some calls. I was just asking the question if... When you heard that Paul Manafort got almost four years for uh, the for what well, it was for tax and bank fraud, it had nothing to do with Russian collusion. I believe that he was pursued. Either I wonder. I think he pushed out Corey Lewandowski, who was a Robert Mercer operative, and I wonder if this is Mercer's revenge on Manafort. That it was infighting actually that got Manafort targeted. That's just a completely speculative theory. But if anybody can connect those dots for me, I'd be very curious about it. But I do want to take some calls. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty eight hundred WSB Talk. If you think overall there is a double standard, either between Republicans and Democrats or the rich and poor, when it comes to prosecution and sentencing, I'm going to go to Ben. Ben, you are on with Monica. What do you think? Hi, Ms. Perez. First, thanks for taking my call. Um, I absolutely think you'd have to be a registered Democrat or a very apathetic independent when it comes to the political side to see the, uh, I don't want to use the term witch hunt. I'm I'm sure Manafort did some things that weren't uh, above grade or weren't appropriate. But, But for the persecution that Republicans tend to receive, especially in this political cycle, Versus all the things that were given in the past before, I absolutely agree with you. So yeah, my bigger yeah, mm-hmm. I was Go just going to say my Finish. my bigger point is that uh, one of the when I think about the failings of this country or that it, when we think about the future of the country, what worries me the most as a lawyer is the rule of law, and that the rule of law does not seem to apply the same to the wealthy as it does to everyone else. Ben, I got to tell you, I have a paragraph in my notes for today on the rule of law that people don't really understand what it means. And what it means is the rule of law over the rule of rulers, that it's the law and everybody is held by the same standard. And I agree with you. I have actually I want to talk more about that. So um if you have anything more to say, because I am going to go to a break, but Ben, you can you can kind of lead us into that if you have another point to make. Otherwise, I will take it away. No, I'll just say quickly. You know, I've seen representing both debtors and creditors, and and uh, and just in civil suits, you just see it, uh, people they're allowed to, the rich are allowed to take advantage of the system. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up on that after the break, Ben. I want to. It's uh, it's it is it's the rule of law. Do you think? Because I was thinking about examples like Bill Cosby, um, and outside of law, we're also kind of getting this pattern with the Me Too thing. I want to talk about whether we're losing our sense of justice, and uh, and that is a profound source of inequality and injustice in the system. Uh, you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Well, no one's going to top that. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB. I'm on till 6 tonight and I'm on again tomorrow from noon to 2. I want to quickly tell people that uh, WSB Channel 2 and the Atlanta Journal-Constitution have activated the convoy of care for uh, West Georgia storm victims. And it's in response to last weekend's destructive storms. And WSB is asking... 
that people bring infant and adult personal hygiene supplies, diapers, wipes, soaps, etc., non-perishable food items, gloves, yard tools, and gift cards. Beginning Tuesday, there will be two collection sites on Tuesday. One here at the WSB studio, which is 1601 West Peachtree Street in Atlanta, and at Georgia State Stadium, uh, formerly known as Turner Field, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Tuesday. That's the convoy of care for West Georgia storm victims. And um, also, don't forget to turn your clock ahead. My least favorite day of the year, spring ahead for daylight savings. I don't like that. Um, so when it's 2 a.m., it's 3 a.m.? Yes. Mm. So, like, I have this, I really cannot think straight before noon. So when we start at noon tomorrow, if it's really 11, um, it's just going to, I'm just going to wait. You, you can do the first hour while I All right. <laughs> have four extra cups of coffee. <laughs> so, uh, but Ben called uh, before the break. Can you tell that my mother is staying with me? Because, like, my Brooklyn accent is like. Getting stronger. The W's or <laughs> the, the invisible W's are popping up and all the uh, A words. So. So Ben called, we were talking before the break with caller Ben, who is a lawyer, and he said that what he's most alarmed about, and it's funny because I didn't lead him to this, but it was also in my notes as a lawyer, I guess. Um, I mean, I am a lawyer. I don't know if that's why I'm focused on it. It's probably where I learned what it really means, the rule of law, as opposed to the rule of rulers. So if you have the rule of law, you know what to expect. And in our system... The common law system that we inherited from England, uh, except for, I think, Louisiana, got the statutory law from France. It's where precedents take precedence over over laws written in a book. So if you can point to a precedent in a case like this judge ruled in the exact same case this way, I want that ruling for me. And you and so that's where our law comes from. And it's really important that. That's consistent because instead of writing a law for every possible way of behaving, things that have actually come up in the past thousands of years have been adjudicated. They part become part of the culture unless they're really off base, in which case they get overturned. And once they are part of our understanding, we rely on those laws and it it determines our behavior and it creates a stable society where you can rely, where you can invest where it's just that's the way it's supposed to be. So I have noticed that uh, things are, those precedents are being abused kind of informally and in the media, but also formally and in the law. So Bill Cosby, he I, I believe firmly that if there is any justice left, he's going to win on appeal because so many fundamental precedents were broken with his conviction. Um, but for us, with WordPress, for example, if you listen to episode 109 where we talk about how our stuff got completely purged from WordPress, WordPress had, I put up a picture that someone objected to, and I and it is very clearly... Uh, uh, just a news story. I actually pulled the picture off the BBC website. So it was just a news picture. And I put it up there. And WordPress said, this person's objecting, uh, but we have fought these cases before. This is the law or the precedent, whatever, that we relied upon. These are our cases. We think you should leave it up if you want to. And I said, all right. So I left it up. And then they took me down. And they're like, uh-huh. 
<laughs> you picked the wrong thing. So bait and I, switch. Yes, exactly. And I relied upon the precedent, and I would have behaved any way I was told to behave. I consider it. It's it's a marginal. I mean, I, I, in to me. All laws, all cases, everything that comes to a judge that gets adjudicated has to, at some level, be a marginal case, has to, at some level, be a case where it's not so crystal clear that someone's going to waste their time and money to bring it to court. Or So I just feel like every, every let's just say, every case uh, you know, is worthy in its way. So I respect it, and I would respect it, especially something like that, where I, I don't, you know, I didn't take the picture. I could see how they could say it's not my picture. But there's a fair use thing for news. Anyway, but these are the fundamental principles of law that we need in order to have a stable society. And when you start not being able to count on justice, you start making up your own rules. Because what's the point of trying to live within the rules if the rules aren't just and more important, they're not predictable? So that does, that is an alarming development. Just for the stability of society, your ability to kind of invest and grow and succeed. But then there's the fundamental issue of justice, which I think Ben was touching on about how the rich and poor are treated so differently. And there there are examples of that. One example I had, not actually to bring the rich and poor thing out, just to bring out the idea that uh, that some people get off easy and some people don't is the comparison between Alfredo Rodriguez and Jeffrey Epstein. So Jeffrey Epstein is this convicted pedophile. He went to jail for whatever it was, 18 months. I believe he got to build his own wing on the prison and spend the daylight hours at home, something like that. I mean, I'm not swearing on an oath, but that was basically the idea. Whereas the guy who turned in his little black book that had like a lot of people's names on it, Alfredo Rodriguez, who expressed fear for his life, ended up, because he turned it into the defense instead of the prosecutors, the, I'm sorry, the complainants, he, he gave it to the witnesses and supposedly asked for money for that. I don't know. I guess that's wrong. But anyway, he went to jail for longer in a worse place, and then shortly thereafter he got out of jail, he died of some undisclosed illness. And it's just, it, there's no sense of justice could possibly be satisfied by thinking that Alfredo Rodriguez, the whistleblower, no matter what he did, if it pertained just to, to specifically to uh, suppressing evidence or asking money for evidence, cannot possibly be a worse crime than the guy who uh, exploited underage girls for uh, sex for money. I mean, international sex trafficking was charges he was facing. Yeah, I mean, it just and and his his clients supposedly I don't know what's in evidence or what isn't, but people who were named as clients, Prince Andrew, Alan Dershowitz, Bill Clinton was supposedly in on it. You are. Uh, I wonder, do we have time to? Maybe we'll get to it. Well, now maybe we do it today. Do you have handy that clip that we played last week? I think we should play it because uh, in the news this week and last week is the story of. Craft, the Pat's owner, getting busted for uh, going to a spa, you know, illegal prostitution in Florida. And I figured it had something to do with the fact that he's buddy-buddy with Trump. And then this week, they show a picture of the, the woman who founded that firm 
taking a selfie with Trump at a at the Super Bowl. Did you see that picture? I think it was at Mar-a-Lago. She was well. The headline is she was watching the Super Bowl with Trump, supporting the Patriots. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So whatever. So I got I got most of that. I wasn't planning on talking about it, so I didn't double up my. Um, I didn't double check that the story, but so I figure they're bringing that out to try to implicate Trump in all of this. Meanwhile, if we want to talk about double standards between Republicans and Democrats. I think I doubt Trump was in the list of people who got immunity in this like completely unprecedented deal and probably illegal deal that Epstein got where he was on. He was making a plea bargain and he said, "Okay, I'm giving you nothing for this and you're giving me a super life sentence and you can't prosecute anybody else who might come up as participating. And, And then they list specifically the people who could not be prosecuted. And uh do you know what that list is? That list has not come out, right? The the non-prosecution of co-conspirators, it had like one or two names, and then it had all the other names were uh, anonymous. Yeah, okay. So we don't know who they are, but I sincerely doubt it, that Trump is in there. And they definitely want us to draw a line between Trump and the craft thing and Florida and prostitution, yet amazingly, I mean, it's it's pretty hard to prove a negative, like he had nothing to do with it, but the clip that you played last week for us, I think, comes as close as you can to that. Uh, what, can you, do you mind playing that again, that Brad Edwards clip? The, yeah, you want to play now? Yeah, he's the lawyer for now numerous of the complainants. 30 right? of the victims. Yeah, okay, so listen to what he said. I, I like the whole thing, including the question. Our current president has had relationships with Epstein in the past, and there are those, uh, Katie Johnson and maybe other victims who have accused Trump of being involved in things like this. Um, in my experience, Trump supporters will not listen to anything along those lines. Obviously, we're not a court of law here right now, but are those claims of the, the, that case was dropped? It was dropped before it went to, to court. In your opinion as a lawyer and your experience, is there anything you can say as to the validity of those claims or whether or not there will be any, you know, any more about that? Nothing at all. The only thing that I can say about President Trump is that he is the only person who, in 2009, when I served a lot of subpoenas on a lot of people, or at least gave notice to some pretty uh, connected people that I was going, that I wanted to talk to them, he is the only person who picked up the phone and said, let's just talk. I'll give you as much time as you want. I'll tell you what you need to know, and was very helpful in the information that he gave and gave no indication whatsoever that he was involved in anything untoward whatsoever, but had good information that checked out and that helped us and that we didn't have to take a a, a deposition of him. That was in 2009? That was in 2009. That really blows me away. I mean, I I would not expect that kind of a definitive uh, exoneration. I mean, it actually makes me think uh, better of Trump. And he is never interviewed by CNN. This clip is never played by anyone. It's unbelievable. And here's the thing about the pedophile stuff. There's definitely pedophilia. There's underage sex, trafficking. There's all that. There's money being paid. There are obviously conspiracies to commit these things. There are people flying the planes and running the the rooms and procurers. I believe Epstein uh, Maxwell, his uh, friend is certainly accused of being a procurer and there there's the franklin cover-up there's a lot of pedophilia 
stories that must must involve conspiracies yet only there's there's a phrase crazy right-wing conspiracies yet there are clearly conspiracies so i are the ones that the right propagates the only crazy ones the the even the stuff of russian collusion is in itself it is a all they're all they're accusing him of is conspiracy. They're not even accusing him of any action, just of conspiring. <sighs> well, they're accusing him of collusion, which is not not a even federal law, right? Whereas conspi- conspiracy is. Yeah, conspiracy. I don't even buy that because it's racketeering. It's like preemptive crime, which I don't go for. But it is on the books, and people are charged with it when they can't figure anything else out. So, uh, well, such a short day. Maybe we can get into, we can keep going with some of the contradictions in who gets prosecuted and who gets off. But we have a lot of other things to talk about tomorrow. Uh, I want, well, let's wrap it up after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Wow, that was intense. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Before we wrap it up, I lest someone think I'm a defender of Paul Manafort, I, I, I think he's on trial for the wrong stuff. I, I was reading about him. I, I read the quote from the judge when they gave him the sentence. Uh, Ellis said, Ellis, the judge said, the government's recommendation of 19.5 to 24 years behind bars was unwarranted and excessive. Adding that Manafort has quote lived an otherwise blameless life. I nearly spit out my coffee when I read that. I had just been reading the Wikipedia entry on Manafort. Sometimes I just like to get the big picture as propagandized as that stuff is. And I had gotten to the lobbying section. He was a lobbyist. He actually, I was like, he he took a million dollars from Ferdinand Marcos from uh, Jonas Zavimbi, the leader of the Angolan rebels, Unita. Uh, he, I mean, you, you look at his lobbying and like some of the subtitles are like the HUD scandal, the Karachi scandal, the <laughs> like, I mean, you need a scandal. Like it's so many scandals. He actually got in, I think it was 1992, his lobbying firm, Manafort's, was listed among the top five lobbying firms receiving money from human rights abusing regimes, according to the Center for Public Integrity report, the torturer's lobby. So that, and I mean, so this has been going on a long time and people are paying him big money for why? why? Why is Ferdinand Marcos giving you a million bucks? Because he cares what we think of him? Probably something a little deeper than that. Anyway, uh, so I'm not saying these guys are good or bad. I'm just saying that when they get prosecuted, it's for political reasons. And I think that a, as a very separate issue is the truth that the government's connected rich, not Papa John, he's not government connected, but government connected rich, have a great advantage. Uh, they are above the law. And we need to just be hyper vigilant to defend everybody's first uh, first 10 amendments, our, our Bill of Rights. We must be hyper vigilant for every single person. And tomorrow, we have lots to talk about. I want to talk a little bit about Venezuela. And I really want to talk about monuments and symbols and if they should stay up or be torn down. You might be surprised at some of the insights I'm going to bring. I've really been thinking about it. In the meanwhile, tweet at me, at Monica Price Show, tomorrow, noon to 2.